Welcome back, Fight Fans. Welcome back. Jaime Munguia versus Gabe Rosado. Let's break it down honestly and objectively as possible. And you know, this is going to be a very interesting fight between two guys at different spaces in their career. The first guy you have, Gabriel Rosado. The guy has 26 wins, 13 losses, and one draw. Now you look at a guy like Gabriel Rosado and you say, this guy's just a journeyman. Why is he fighting Jaime Munguia? Why is anyone excited about this fight? I'm going to tell you why. Because this guy is coming off of a tremendous win over Beck the Bully. A lot of people didn't realize that Beck the Bully was scheduled to fight Sergey Kovalev in a step-up fight because they had major plans for this guy. They expected him to be the next superstar, and yet he was knocked out in three rounds by Gabe Rosado. A lot of people don't understand. Gabe Rosado is a hell of a fighter. Gabe Rosado, many people felt like he beat Danny Jacobs when they fought at 168 pounds. So at the end of the day, you never write off a guy like Gabe Rosado who's talented, who has, you know, has popping those shots, who has a lot of experience. And this is one thing that I repeat to a lot of people. A loss doesn't make you trash. A loss doesn't mean you're garbage. A loss is just a loss. If you're learning from it, if you're getting better and you're improving, then a loss can be beneficial. It doesn't have to be a detriment. That's so many people are caught in this complex thinking that anytime you lose, it's a horrible thing. No, losing can help you improve if you know how to take it. And, you know, I give Gabe Rosado all the credit in the world. He's fought pretty much everybody you can think of, you know, everybody. And we're talking about he's fought the David Lemuse, the Jamel Charlos, the Peter Quillins, the Gennady Golovkins. The guy has fought a lot of top fighters. Not only that, you know, he has some good wins on his resume. You know, uh, he he beat, in many people's opinion, Danny Jacobs, but he didn't get the decision. He's not a popular name. He's not a big name. So that's not a guy that you would expect to win that decision. So coming into the beg the bully fight, when he came in and stopped this guy within three rounds, that was a fight that he knew he was not going to get the decision. He had to get the stoppage. So Gabe Rosado versus Jaime Munguia is an extremely intriguing fight especially considering the fact that if he gets another major win, like against a guy like Jaime Munguia, he's likely looking at a fight potentially against a Jamal Charlo, against a Sergey Devrianchenko, against a Demetrius Andre. He could be looking at a title shot after this. That's what this win could do for Gabe Rosado. It could get him to the point where he could get a massive payday. So for Gabe Rosado, this is a very important fight in his career. He's high on confidence coming off of a knockout win. This is an excellent fight. It's an excellent scrap. And in my opinion, it's a 50-50 fight. In my opinion, this is a 50-50 fight. Now, I'm going to give a slight edge to Jaime Munguia, but here's why. Jaime Munguia has never tasted defeat. The guy's 37-0. Jaime Munguia has way less mileage on him. He hasn't been in all the wars that Gabe Rosado's been in. And not only that, you know, Jaime Munguia is being trained by Eric Morales, a Mexican Hall of Fame legend. The guy's been improving fight by fight by fight. Jaime Munguia is primed. This, if, if he can't beat Gabe Rosado now, if, if he can't show the world that he's ready for this step up and take it to the next level at 25 years old with 37 fights under his belt, been training with Eric Morales for all this time, if, if he can't show that he can beat this guy right now, then he needs to stop being mentioned you know, with world champions and contenders, he, he needs to stop being pumped up. I believe Jaime Munguia should win this fight. I think it's a very close fight. I think it could go either way, but Jaime Munguia is going to have to be defensive 
but also at the same time aggressive. Because if Gabe Rosado doesn't feel your punches, if, if you're not backing him up, he is going to look to land a bomb on you. So, you know, Jaime Munguia really needs to put everything that he's learned together in this fight. It's going to be critical for him to progress, to put everything together in this fight. And this is going to be one of his most dangerous opponents. Now, I'm not even going to say that. This is going to be his most dangerous opponent. This is going to be the, the one opponent that he has on his resume that can really hit, that has a lot of pop. And, you know, he fought a Gary Spike O'Sullivan, which he stopped in 11 rounds. Uh, he's, he fought him back in 2020. And I'll put it like this. When he fought Gary Spike O'Sullivan, Gary Spike O'Sullivan was probably the biggest puncher Munguia had fought to that point. And, and, you know, he really does have true power. So, you know, this is going to be a test to see if Munguia can stand up to those shots, to see if he can go in there and, and put together his defense, his game plan, his jab, everything that he's supposed to have been working on with Eric Morales. Is he finally going to put it together? Is he going to give us this great performance? And look, let me break you down. Let me break it down what this means for a guy like Jaime Munguia. Because this is no regular fight for Jaime Munguia. See, yes, Jaime Munguia wants this fight for a number of reasons. His team wants this fight for a number of reasons. But they're trying to angle him and position him for a potential Canelo Alvarez fight down the line. Uh, you know, a potential Gennady Golovkin fight. A potential fight against Demetrius Andre. They want to position him for a world title shot against a champion, but they want to make sure he's ready first. This is a great way to prepare him for that type of fight. I mean, look at the plan. See, Jaime Munguia right now, a lot of people don't understand. He has a three-fight plan lined up. He does. Yes, he does. And a lot of people don't understand, but that's okay. This is the IBFP where you come to learn. So let me teach you. Let me get my professor book out and show you what his three-fight plan is. Jaime Munguia, his three-fight plan is Gabriel Rosado first. And, you know, should he be successful in getting through a very tough challenge in the Gabriel Rosado, many people view as a 50-50 fight. But I think Jaime Munguia could pull this fight off or he could lose. It could go either way. It's truly a pick em fight. It's truly a pick em fight. I'm leaning Munguia, but it's truly a pick em fight. I could never be upset with anybody for picking out of the way because Rosado's a battle-tested veteran warrior with a lot of pop, so he's a problem. This is no easy task. It's no easy task. So Munguia's performance is really going to tell me a lot about him, but I digress. So Jaime Munguia's first fight is set up against Gabe Rosado. Should he be successful in this fight, he then moves on to face Sergey Devrianchenko in a WBC final eliminator. And so let me explain this. So he'll face Gabe Rosado, which is a very good and tough test. Then he will turn around and face Sergey Devrianchenko in another strict and good test. These are two tests back-to-back -back for Jaime Munguia. And both of those are winnable fights. I think Sergey Devrianchenko is more winnable, more winnable, then Gabe Rosado. It's just the styles make the fights. And I think that, you know, you look at a guy like Jaime Munguia, who has a great jab, but that doesn't mean that it's not still not a difficult fight for Munguia because he has a lot of flaws. He has a lot of deficiencies. So I think you could even look at that as potentially another 50-50 fight. I don't think there's any easy fights for Munguia on this plan, but I think that's a winnable fight as well. And should he get past Sergey Devrianchenko in the WBC, final eliminator. Then he finally gets his opportunity to face Jamal Charlo as the next 
mandatory. And I think if he gets through both of those fights successfully without taking too much damage, showing that he can perform at a high level against that level of opposition, I think that will position him well against a guy like Jamal Charlo. Think about it like this. He has two massive step-up fights. He has two massive fights that get a lot of experience that tell him what it's like to be in against a good quality fighters and tough tests. And then he faces a guy like Jamal Charlo. I think that would be a great fight. I think that would be an excellent fight. And I also believe that could potentially be a winnable fight for Jaime Munguia. See, when you look at Jamal Charlo, I don't think he's some world beater. I think there's too many fanboys, haters, and trolls that hype this guy up, that make this man seem like a god. I mean, there's so many guys on their knees for Jamal Charlo, and guess what? They ain't praying. So that lets you know that, you know, this guy is a guy who struggled, um, you know, with Juan Macias Montiel. So when he struggles with the Palatero like that, you have to understand that, you know, Jamal Charlo is a beatable fighter. He's a good fighter. He's undefeated. His quality has pop. He has great fundamentals and an excellent jab. So he's always a dangerous fight for anybody. But this is still a winnable fight. Jaime Munguia could go on three straight wins or he could get knocked off in the first fight. Literally every fight on this plane is dangerous. So the one thing that people have to look at when you look at a guy like Jaime Munguia is you have to give him a round of applause for taking this type of challenge. I mean, he could be the type of guy that's sitting back waiting on the payday, waiting on the payday. He could be waiting on him. See, Jamal Charlo right now taking no dangerous fights, waiting on a Canelo payday. Andrade taking no dangerous fights, waiting on a Canelo payday. I mean, pretty much everybody at 168 all waiting on a Canelo Alvarez stimulus check. How many guys want a Canelo Alvarez stimulus check? They want more Canelo Alvarez stimulus checks than the government is giving out. That's what they really, really want. They want a Canelo stimulus check. And I understand these guys don't want to be great. They simply only want to go for that stimulus check that Canelo Alvarez is offering. These guys want that incredible payday. Then they want to settle down. Look at Danny Jacobs. The man has never been the same since he got that Canelo Alvarez stimmy. The man has never been the same. He's simply not. I mean, at the end of the day, Jaime Munguia is hungry. He's looking to take on challenges. He's looking to fight good fighters. He's looking to step up his level of opposition fight by fight by fight. I respect this from Jaime Munguia. And you see from a golden boy angle, they definitely want the Canelo Alvarez fight. They definitely want Munguia to put in there against Canelo Alvarez because they're upset with Canelo. They want to overtake him. See, you see at first when Canelo Alvarez left golden boy, you seen Oscar De La Hoya talking all kinds of trash about Canelo Alvarez. But if you notice, his tone has changed completely, completely. This is why his tone changed. Now he's being nice about Canelo Alvarez. Now he's saying, oh, he's a great fighter. He's this, he's that. Why is he being so nice? Because he knows that when it comes down time for them to negotiate for a potential fight, he wants to be the little fat kid in the front row in front of the ice cream truck saying, pick me, pick me. Me first, me first, because he wants that opportunity for Jaime Munguia. He wants that opportunity for Golden Boy. They need that cash flow to keep them going. That's what they're looking for. And I, I don't blame them. I understand if everybody else is in line for a Canelo Alvarez stimulus check, why not your guy? But not only that, you know, Jaime Munguia is stepping up his level of competition. He's trying to be better. He's a naturally big kid. So making 168 will be no issue for Jaime Munguia. The first thing's first. He has to get through this row of opponents. Now, here's the interesting thing. If Canelo Alvarez and Jamal Charlo fights next, that takes him off of the table for a potential Jaime Munguia fight. So what happens then 
is that if Jaime Munguia, you know, Jamal Charlo could vacate his belt. So if, let's let's just put it like this. Let's say Jamal Charlo vacates his belt at 160, moves up, fights Canelo Alvarez at 168 in May. Then you see Jaime Munguia and Sergey Devrinchenko no longer be a final eliminator. It will be a title fight. They could elevate that fight to a world title fight. So now you got Jaime Munguia versus Sergey Devrinchenko for the WBC world title at 160 pounds. You see how quickly things can turn around and then gets what's in the sight because Jaime Munguia is on the zone. He's always wanted a Gennady Golovkin fight. And if Canelo fights Jamal Charlo in May, just follow me here. Follow me here. If Canelo fights Jamal Charlo in May, he moves up, relinquishes his belt, fights Canelo Alvarez at 168 in May. Jaime Munguia fights Sergey Devrianchenko for the WBC title should he get past Gabe Rosado. Then you could make a unification fight, a three-belt unification fight with Gennady Golovkin and Jaime Munguia at the end of 2022 between Triple G and Jaime Munguia. That would be an excellent setup. A lot of people don't understand how to break down boxing. A lot of people don't understand how you can navigate through all these twists and turns, but that's what you have me here for. Welcome to IBFP University, where we educate casuals. And look, let me be honest with you. I'm going to be honest with you. Can Jaime Munguia pull this off? I don't know. I don't know. He has a lot of flaws. He has a lot of things to fix, but he also has some very good skills. He seems to be very durable. He's a massive fighter. He has a lot of pop, and he's improving under Eric Morales, so nothing is out of the realm of possibility. And then with a guy like Triple G, you never really know. I mean, this guy is still dangerous for anybody in the division because Gennady Golovkin, he's still a world champion. He still has pop, and as you know, in boxing, the last thing to go is a fighter's power. So this is going to be interesting. See, a lot of people think that, oh, Gabe Rosado and Jaime Munguia is just some one-off fight. No, this fight could turn into something much bigger than we all expect and we all anticipate. See, that's why you have to be able to see down the line. All of these guys being with the zone at 160 makes a lot of sense. And then potentially after any uh, Munguia Triple G fight, that could lead to undisputed for Andrade. If Andrade's still sitting there, if he's still sitting there, he could end up getting the undisputed fight at 160 out of whoever has the belt at that point at the beginning of 2023. Now, if Demetrius Andrade truly wants a Canelo fight, he needs to move up and fight for it. But it doesn't look like he's interested in chasing a Canelo Alvarez fight. It looks like he's content to sit back and look for other paydays at 160 pounds or fight bottom feeders like Jason Quigley on a Friday. Make it make sense. Because men lie, women lie, but the facts don't lie.